Hi, this is Tim Sanders, founder of the Omnia Radiation Balancer, and I'm honored to have been a guest on the Journey to Truth show. Now with phone radiation, most people think that because they can't feel anything, nothing is happening. But the reality is that this radiation is causing a lot of stress and damage in your body, and your brain doesn't register that it's happening. The likelihood is that you'll only find out about it when this continuous stress shows up in the body as disease. And this is backed up by well over 10,000 peer-reviewed studies showing that EMF causes serious diseases when they tested it on rats. The Omnia Radiation Balancer removes this stress. It's proven to balance the blood, it brings perfect crystalline structure to water, and our kinesiology muscle tests show that the body goes super strong when you stuck it on your phone. And it works with 5G. You just order enough patches to cover every radiating device in your home and you're done. It lasts forever. But to be clear, let's not get complacent. We must all stop 5G together. So big thanks and big love to Tyler and Aaron. Click on the link below and you can quickly and permanently bring balance back to your body. Thank you. Hey, you're listening to Journey to Truth podcast. Uh, as you notice, Aaron and I are in separate locations tonight due to some icy weather. So we're kind of going back to our roots, doing it old school style here. Uh, tonight we have Native American elder Clifford Mahuti. He is a Zuni, an elder from the uh, Zuni Pueblo Indian tribe of New Mexico. And his mission is to bring forward, well, he's a wisdom keeper of Zuni history and spiritual teachings. And he's bringing forward that information to the masses because it's crucial right now. He brings uh, a whole new perspective on our roots, where we came from and who we are. And if we don't truly know that stuff, we'll never know where we're truly going. So I'm super excited to get a history lesson from uh, Clifford tonight. Uh, we're so happy to have you on, Clifford. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, if you want, I would absolutely love if you could just briefly tell people who you are and uh, explain your mission as far as bringing this information forward at this time and why it's crucial at this time. Yes, uh, my name is Clifford Mahuti. I'm with a Zuni Indian tribe from New Mexico. United States of America, and uh, I am I am 76 years old, so I have throughout my whole life studied quite a bit uh, my roots on the Indian Reservation and went out into the world, and uh, I am also a civil environmental engineer. I have a bachelor's degree in engineering, and, and I have worked in many organizations, private industry, corporate America, and many, many government programs. And also I have served as a public health service officer in US Public Health Service. <clears throat> so it's been, a, it's been a pleasant journey and I have no regrets about the, the, uh, the uh, profession that I chose. I just wish I had longer life to complete a lot of these things that I started. But the other thing too is that I belong to many orders within the Zuni tribe. Uh, belong to the Medicine Society, Kachina Society, uh, clan, and uh, numerous organizations within our Pueblo cultural, religious, spiritual systems. Now, I have been working on this 
type of information to let the people know out there that we as American Indians still exist in this country. I've been watching the I've been watching the news on the the radio right during the impeachment hearings and the, the messages that go out every day is that you know this country is never recognized as the country that belonged to the Aboriginal people of this land. And I am very, very disappointed that every time that they talk about it is that they they pat themselves on the back and how great they made this country. Well, this country was not discovered. He was here all this time. Aside from that, uh, because of this type of uh, disinformation, not knowing exactly what the roots of a lot of the, the native peoples are over here, I've taken a personal effort to uh, convey to the general public, the uh, public at large, to state to them or at least uh, direct them in a way that they can look at the history and uh, find out that the Americans, the Americas, whether it be North, uh, Mesoamerica, South America, there were civilizations here that far exceeded some of the technology uh, applications that most of the world, or rather it was parallel with other systems on the on the planet. But there are a lot of things that have been destroyed, especially in the United States, where there's no way to trace the history back <clears throat> and to even study them why why they made such an effort to make these different types of uh I would say structures and incorporating the astrological systems, the the electromagnetic forces of the earth. Uh, and all these other scientific principles that have been existed for the, you know thousands of years, my ancestors and others, the Aboriginal people, have used a lot of systems for their day-to-day -day activities, whether it be seasonal work in agriculture, worshiping the stars, and and all that in the planetary systems, and also a lot of people don't really understand it. It's the spirituality and the multidimensional systems, which we darling need so, so hard right now because of our imbalance, not only of mankind, but also of nature in general. So I, I have been working on, well, I sat back, I retired about over 10 years ago as, a, as an environmental engineer working for environmental justice with the federal government. And I worked at that time with 561 federally recognized tribes and other state recognized tribes in the environmental issues. Anything that has to do with EPA stuff, the regulations and, and laws that uh, are on Indian tribes, tribal lands, and also the pollution of activities that are happening throughout the planet. So, so my mission is especially toward a younger generation, which in the United States, our education system is in the dump. I and especially, especially in the American Indian side, where they were forced upon not only religion, 
but uh, lifestyles and uh, deviation from the the spiritual connections, especially with the, the land and also within their own social structures. This is very hard to accept because I have studied quite a bit. So the reason I came out, started doing this thing is to at least have some type of a voice within this whole uh, system of uh, interpretation of many things that are, are misled by others about the American Indian. I'm a full-blooded Indian, and I have met a, a lot of Indian people, even though they're not full-blooded, they have, they maintain a very high respect for what the American Indian was all about. And the reverse is true. Some of the, the full-blooded American Indians are there, but they seem to be not concerned perhaps because of the way this country has been for the last 500 years. So uh, it, it's an effort. I, I did this because it, it is an important that people like myself come out and, and at least convey some of the, the missing puzzles, pieces of what this country is all about. And we're now at a culmination of people looking for answers and the answers have been here all this time. If they, didn't, if they did not destroy them, if they had respected the things that the Aborigines of this country had in other places of the world, we would not be in such a bad shape as we are right now. So I'm looking at everything from the philosophical standpoint. I've had a chance to study both the extremes, whether it's from the spirituality or the technological, and in between the people and many things that make uh, the galaxy, our galaxy is part of the whole system. And there, everything is interconnected. And right now we are in a situation where we're at what, what the scientists call, engineers call maximum entropy. We're going in all directions and we're not concentrating on what should be happening. And look what's happening in this country right now. We're in a division, we're, we're at war among each other. And those people that are in power are the wrong ones that are in, uh, heading organizations, which is against a lot of things that uh, whatever we call God, whoever we call God is all about and spirituality. So this is one of the reasons that I'm doing this type of work. I don't expect anything from anybody. I don't owe anybody anything. I don't, they don't owe me anything. And, and what I do is that I talk at these conventions and other places, and I don't care what they say about me, but because it has to be done in a manner that we have to wake each other up and say, hey, look, let's, let's all look at what's happening and perhaps we'll all get together and to look at a certain way of adjusting ourselves. And it has to come from internally within each individual. No spaceship is gonna come over here and save us. No aliens are gonna come over and take us away to the promised land or to a big uh, UFO in the sky. So we have to start within each other. So that's basically the thumbnail sketch of what I'm doing. That's beautiful, man. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's that's textbook on what 
everyone should be doing right now. We, we really should be doing it from the heart center and not expect anything in return. I agree with that. Something I saw or I heard you say in a, in a prior interview uh, talking about the roots of this country, uh, that our constitution was actually adopted from the Iroquois Confederacy. It, it's not even originally our idea. And I thought that was fascinating because I, this is new information to me. Can you touch on that? Yes, I. It, in one of my uh, journeys throughout life, I was I was married to a, a Mohawk Indian chief from the St. Regis Band, and this is where I learned a lot from her at that time about the Iroquois Confederacy, how they how they were set up, the the judicial, the, the legislative, and the uh, of course the uh, the uh, administrative part, the executive part. And so at one, I work with a, a lot of people with the ancient aliens. If you look at some of the episodes that George Sukulis uh, did, he made a very thorough investigation about the Iroquois Confederacy and how, how the founding fathers uh, took that and said that this is our constitution. What they did was they took, this, took that, Iroquois Confederacy way of government and adopted it into, and they call it the Constitution of the United States of America. So I think that that's one uh, source that you can look at. But I have been told many, I mean, either that when I was out there working with these people, I could immediately see where the applications were. However, through, throughout the last 500 years, that's been that's been torn apart because of the conqueror. The colonization destroyed a lot of those concepts, as we all know. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, something else that just fascinates me, as I've heard you speak about before, is the Kachinas, which are essentially a representative of ETs, of extraterrestrials. At, at least in your teachings, they were. Uh, and I know the ETs play a big part in why we're here and i think that aspect of it is uh, also very important yes it is i um because i belong to that order there's a there's a process that we go through as little kids probably between the ages of maybe 10 to about 15 years old we have to belong to the order but the concept of the kachina and and it's throughout the whole pueblo system pueblo indian system not only that, but also in other groups, say like down in Peru and other places. A, a good example is the Cocopelli, uh, whoever or whatever Cocopelli was, because he belongs to that group of the Kachina, and, and the, the word in front of that is K-O-K-O, which means Coco. If you go to Zuni and you ask what that word means, they'll tell you immediately that the Kachina. The Kachina is pronounced in different ways throughout in Hopi and other pueblos. Some places they're called Kachina, and other places they call Kachina. So, but it's the same one, and, and this is the direct representation of what the, uh, the Pueblo people had to revert to in order to represent the ETs at that time to participate in our activities of the Pueblo people. The reason that happened was because ETs, when they used to come to the, 
the Pueblo people and participate in their, they were the merrymakers or they used to bring their purposes to bring the rain and, and seeds, but they also did entertainment by song, dance, and other activities. And the reason that the humans had, had to uh, take place of the Kachina, which were the ETs, was because of abduction. In the old days, thousands of years ago, or maybe nobody really knows, they had to replace the uh, the ceremony with representation of the Kachina, or at least the ET, and they call themselves the Kachina. So that's the direct link to it. A lot of our own people do not know that because a lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion of the, the, the Smithsonian group way back in the 1880s and other groups that uh, really, of course, they also knew about what they did to Mesoamerican brothers and sisters down there. So a lot of this information had been kept silent for a long time. I have been criticized by my own tribal members for talking about these things, but it doesn't make any difference because it's, it's there and it's for the future generations. Because okay. that, that's the reason that I have taken, well, you know, I, I knew what was gonna happen when I started going out there and doing this. Is, this is not just the only area that I have taken upon myself. I started out in the engineering profession when I was a young kid back in the 50s. So I was also ostracized because they, I was taking math and science. And so it's, it falls in the same area. So it doesn't bother me. It hurts because if they could only help me, it would be a lot better world for the Pueblo people. So that's basically what it is. Yeah, and, and Aaron and I and, and everybody coming forward with this type of information uh, we all are criticized on some level uh, due to ignorance, due to people's lack of understanding or their, or their unwillingness to be open-minded. And it, it's, it is a real issue. So I commend you for doing that. And, and, and that's a good advice to just not care because it doesn't make a difference what people think of oh. you. Because in your heart, if you're acting from the heart, then, then you have nothing to worry about. So thank you, thank you for doing that because I've learned a lot just from listening to you speak before in, in your interviews and you bring a lot to the table. And uh, if, if anything, at the very least, you get people thinking. Well, you know, one thing that uh, I think is a misnomer or not true is that they they think that I make a lot of money uh, when, when I get on something like this, a podcast or they invite me to a conference, that is not true. Yeah. Uh, even even if they took me to the to the world's biggest event, they don't even pay you enough for anything. Sometimes I do it for free. Of, of course, they pay for my air transportation and, and a hotel, but that's all I care about because the information is far more important mm -hmm. than what we hold back or what we ask for in terms of why you got to give me money to to give you this information. It's not like that way with me because I have a lot of uh, people that have provided me a, a very thorough education. And it's it's sort of like when we talk about that with the group that I work with, it's, it's service to others. That's Absolutely. what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yes. So have you personally had any uh, experiences with ETs as a child or even even currently? Well, I think the, the biggest one is, is uh, I even presented this under the Phoenix MUFON. You can probably pull it out of their archives. I did this way last year in September, which would be September 2019, I believe. And it's, it's a two and a half hour presentation oh, wow. of my encounter with uh, UFOs in Zuni, New Mexico. And it's a minute by minute description. And uh, the title of that presentation is One Month After Travis Walton. Oh, wow. Travis Walton and I are very good friends. I've known Travis for for some time, and he's he's has uh, been a very uh, inspiring person on my part. And, and when I first met him, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, uh, I didn't really know who he was until I saw that movie way back in the nineties. Fire and, in the uh, sky. Fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. Yes. And uh, since that time, I've had good connect with him. But that is probably one of the best. Uh, features of uh, UFO contact, even, uh, I guess you might call ETs. And uh, you can pull that up on the MUFON, the Phoenix MUFON. So that's, it's there. So that's it, what it basically is, is that one month after Travis Walton, which was in December 6th, uh, and uh, well, actually 5th and 6th. So Travis was in November. Uh, uh, 5th of 1970, I can't remember. 75, I believe. 75, yeah. Yeah. 75. So uh, I did not know this, but it's about approximately 101 mile uh, from where his encounter was to the place where maybe about 100 miles on the Arizona, New Mexico border. So if you can pull that up, you can see the whole story on that. It's on YouTube also. Yeah, definitely. So nice. if anyone who's listening, go check that out uh, because we don't have two and a half hours to go minute by minute now. But no, no, I'm just talking about it. It's there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so you, you have had experience, though, which is probably part of the reason why you're compelled to talk about it. I, because, you know, I know that's my reason for talking about this stuff because I've had personal experiences that I can resonate with and relate to therefore makes me comfortable coming forward. Well, here's another thing too. All native peoples or native uh, Aboriginal peoples, whether it's, whether it's here in Mexico or United States or all throughout the whole planet, whether it's in Australia or Japan or wherever, they have a, all the Aboriginal tribes as a direct connection to what we call the star people. And of course, uh, people like uh, the History Channel and Ancient Aliens, they do a very good job of doing that type of, the, but of course they call it a theory, which it is, is it is a theory, but there's a lot of evidence. Uh, we still practice that today. And uh, it's a whole ritual. If you look at the Dogans in Africa, they still go through the same thing. You look at the, the Indians down in uh, Mexico, the Veracruz people over there, 
that they every ritual or every enactment talks about the the star people coming, what they did, and then they're leaving. There was a, um, and they're still here. The only the only difference between uh, the humans and them is that we only see a, a small spectrum, and we're only limited to a, a uh, limited to dimension. If you look at the dimensions, and, and it goes on forever, and it, it's been scientifically proven. I've studied a lot of science on that. But every time I, when I look at a formula or a, an equation or whatever, and they explain it, and I said, hey, the Indians already knew about that. But we yeah. didn't have any formulas for that. We just knew about it, you know. That's, that's all part of the inner knowing that I think you get automatically when, when you are living from that heart center and you're, live, and you're being authentic and you're not bombarded by all this external information that's uh, pulling you away from the truth. So I, I think that goes hand in hand with it. Yeah, well, there's a, uh, about three or four years ago, well, actually three, uh, I work with many, many different folks. Uh, last year, we decided that uh, we're going to no longer keep some of that American Indian uh, information uh, sort of set back because now we're just going to start coming out with it regardless of what happens. It's part of the disclosure effort. And uh, a lot of people have been talking about disclosure of the American Indian, I mean, the American government. It's not going to happen. It has to be done by people like your your groups that are in the on on the shows, people like myself that have are not concerned about being sent to a prison, or because it's 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 here. It's always been here. It's just that we've been lied to for so many years. And uh, having been born and raised on an Indian reservation, I can you know there is so many lies that were told us. And then the, when I started reading history they actually excluded a lot of this information that uh, our people have known for thousands and thousands of years. If you look at the Grand Canyon uh, itself in Arizona, we did a, a, a uh, it's on YouTube, it's called Expedition to Si Papu, where, where the Buddhists and the Egyptians and the American Indians were here at one place. Yes, they were. And, and the King Tate Expedition in 1908, I believe it was, was was the start of that. And so you can go to any Indian group out here in the Southwest and they'll tell you exactly the same thing. I even did a, a uh, thing about the uh, when Lemuria sunk and, and where those people, what happened to them, where they went. And it's still practiced to this day. The only problem is you got to know the language. You got to know the language, but there's many different layers in every Indian group or tribe is that you have to know the, the language and how to describe it. Well, this is a perfect segue into a question I want to ask you about uh, inner earth and the inner yes. earth beings, because from my understanding, uh, parts of the Grand Canyon are possible entryways into uh, certain cavern systems, let's say. And the ant people I know were, were talked about in this area. And I just, I would just uh, wanted to know your thoughts on, on inner earth itself. And was well, that, ever, did that ever come up in your teachings? Well, it's, it's, again, it's part of our rituals. 
it's part of our uh, ceremonies. It, the songs and the prayers and everything else are right there. If, again, you have to sit and listen to it. My own people criticize me when I when they say that. Uh, well, he's just giving away secrets. I say, why? Why would it be a secret when they say that in public? All you have to do is listen, and and what they talk about is how they originated, the journeys that they took, who they met, how they came about where we're at, and they talk about that inner earth. Our our people actually generated for this world now in in from the inner earth now you go one step further in the grand canyon there's a lot of indian tribes the hopi the zuni and the and, and there's still some in there called the havasupai and the coconino people which uh, are spread out here in southern new mexico i mean arizona and new mexico so it's it has always been known that the last catastrophe and as we all know, or at least the scientists say, that the world has flipped over on its axis 13 times. And the last one was uh, destroyed by mankind, and they had to go for refuge, and this is where they went, is that in, into the inner world. That's where they were saved. And you can go to any Pueblo in Arizona or the Hopi or any other tribes within the Southwest, and they'll tell you the same story. The only problem is that nobody took them serious. Well, we were talking about the inner earth and this is where the ant people and the insectoid people and other forms had guided them or at least uh, probably upgraded them because there's an upgrade that happens even after they came out of the ground, so to speak. And the proper term, I mean, the common term they use is the Sipapu, S-I-P-A-P-U, which are, you're right there at the confluence of the Little Colorado and the Big Colorado and the Grand Canyon. It's right there where the Hopi emerged from. And the Zuni is up in one of the, up at the higher level, which at one time was probably the same level as the, uh, the river at one time. But so there's, there's many other places on the planet of other Aboriginal people. There's a, the Yavapai Nation, which is in uh, near Sedona. They, their, uh, their emergence place is the Montezuma Well. And that well has never uh, increased or decreased its flow for I don't know how many hundreds of years. And so there's a lot of springs that are referred to that were directly connected to the inner earth. And uh, we've always believed in the inner inner earth people and they're part of that whole uh, group of what the Zuni call the raw people. We're all being that they're non-human. Mm. Uh, so they, they also, the, 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 the analogy that I give or, or comparison is that when you talk about magic, you know, like Chris Angel and Copperfield and all those, they're illusionists. But yeah. the uh, the, I was talking about the Magi this morning about the, the Star of Bethlehem and all that. And of course the word magic came from those people, but the, the term that I use where a ET can walk through a solid concrete wall and appear in your bedroom, standing at your foot of your bed, that's what I 
I could not find a, a definition in the dictionary, English dictionary. So I refer to it as cosmic magic. It's a multidimensional way of, it falls into quantum mechanics in physics and other uh, related uh, mathematical activities in high order science. So that falls into the same thing of the inner earth people. Mm. The inner earth people are also part of that group, not only the inner earth, but also of the star people, what the Indians call star people. So actually the American Indian uh, population have always got connection to the star people and where they come from, including Bigfoot. I was going to ask you about Bigfoot. Yes. So that uh, if you if you look at all the information, the real good information, not the stuff that these guys do, you know those those guys like uh, what a Bigfoot hunters or whatever, you know that that's just to make money. And yeah. uh, but the real thing is that uh, I have had encounters with Bigfoot. But you can never tell uh, where they're at, and you can't even track them sometimes because they'll disappear in front of you. Uh, you've seen that. I mean, there's volumes and volumes of information. So they go into a, they'll go back in and out of it, but they're also keepers of the planet to keeping control. Uh, wherever there's a UFO, uh, ETs around, there's always Bigfoot. So they're all connected, even the little people. All Indian tribes have history of little people. You know, they're about two or three feet high, and Zuni, they call them the, uh, if there is like an earthquake or something that happens with the earthquake, those are the first ones that will come out. And so they're, but again, they're in a different dimension, which, mm-hmm. which humans have no idea of of what it really is, you know, there's, you can only prove it probably, or, or theorize it in a mathematical equation, but it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah, in order to actually comprehend it and wrap your head around it, I don't, I don't think we, we have that capability uh, quite yet. I think we're on our way. And I think certain people, uh, the veil is thinner for them, so they can see into these dimensions sometimes, and these are the people that have the experiences. And as far as walking through walls and stuff, I think that's, so everything is vibrating at a specific frequency. frequency. So, it, so yeah. when a being can match its vibration to what we would refer to as a solid, it, that's no longer a solid to them and they can pass through it as if it's them. It's, it's, it's really, it's complex, but it makes sense when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, well, you know, this is, that's another thing too that they, when they when we talk about multidimensional uh, um, stages, I think there's a lot of people that are on the wrong track by taking stuff like ayahuasca and all these these different plant drugs. I mean, you know, all you're doing is you're just confusing your your mind. I think that because if you are if you are part of that, you'll be shown. Uh, you don't need no drugs. You don't need no anything because it's it's already exists it's mm-hmm. just that we haven't they they have taken away those they have taken away those keys if you want to call them that or information systems and they're locked up in the vatican they're locked up in smithsonian and even area 51 
Yeah. So, yeah. so, so these are these are these are the reasons why they're they're holding in power, and that's what that's what they're afraid of losing, is that look what they did to Tesla with free energy. You know, we don't have to. It's it's right here. You know. So I think that's another reason. It's a, because it falls in the category of religion, which is which is man-made, and so it 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 falls in that same category. Yeah. And so there's no actually there's no punishment anywhere. You say you you make your own destiny is what it amounts to, but they don't want to admit it. Yeah. Well, this is what the inner earth people are all about. They're they're with us. You know, this is really it. Kind of puzzles me. Because when you're out here in the desert, on any given night, you can walk out there, you can see UFOs. However close you want it, or however you want it, do. I guess it's maybe it's called manifestation, or some people just just have it and others don't. They can't. You, I've taken people out there to the desert. I've said that, hey, here they come, and there'll be about five or six of them. And the, whoever the guy I'm with, or or maybe two or out of ten or twelve people, they cannot actually see it. I don't know why. I mean, this is another reason that maybe they don't have an open heart or open mind or whatever it is. But they're here. There's others that are on the other side that they can actually talk to ETs and Bigfoot and other different beings in front of you. I've seen it happen. And those are the ones that perform uh, practices to uh, cure a lot of human beings, because that is also their role. I'm smiling. I'm smiling right now because this is resonating deeply with me. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know people that that are in communication, mm -hmm. and, and the information they come forward with, or that's channeled through them. Yeah. It. it it just can't be taught in our education system. It's, no. and, but what's interesting, it's when you hear that information, it's not like you're being taught it. It's like you're remembering it. You already yeah. knew it and it's just kind of being activated within you. And then that's how you really discern what's true and what's not at that point. Well, you know, I talk a lot about reincarnation and also about, uh, the, the human body is just like a uniform. Uh, the soul is the one, the spirit is the one that carries on. And a lot of times, you know, I've had that experience as many times in, in many different uh, situations where I would know exactly what was behind that mountain. And I've never been there. So I would say that, uh, and then I would explain to my friends, and they oh, they just laugh at me. But when we got there, I said, well, you were here before. That's why, you know, I said, no, I've never been here before. And that type of thing, you know, it, it's all humans have that. It's just that they were closed up even the day they were born. Mm -hmm. well, you know, it, starts, it starts with the vaccines. I mean, what they put in our bodies is not compatible with our bodies. And therefore, right off the bat, we're, we're already fighting something that's not natural. And it just starts a cycle. It's a snowball effect. Well, it's, it, it's even introduced even at the time of conception. You remember several years back, maybe 20, 30 years ago, I think it was either Scientific American or one of those high scientific magazines I used to describe or subscribe to. They talked about if you play Mozart when you're 
pregnant with your child, the baby when it's born will be more passive than if others that did not uh, nurture their baby while they're in there. I said, and I said that at that time I threw that paper and I said, hey, he does have known that for thousands of years. What's the big deal? Hmm. So it's it's all and also the other thing too is that the vaccines and and uh, I'll give you a good example. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't claim to be anything, but when the first thing that I have seen, whether it's true or not, because I've never been in a, a room where a baby is born, but the first thing that they do, the doctors don't deliver, they slap the kid yeah. To, yeah. to make it cry or to wake it up. No, I have never seen an Indian family do that. Uh, the reason also is that that baby is still connected with the umbilical cord and also the soft spot on your head when the baby is born. It's, been, it's still being downloaded. And that's why when, when you're a, an Indian kid and you have a little brother or sister that's a baby, you're told not to touch the head of your little brother or your little sister. So the grandmothers, was, I would ask, of course, I was always curious. I said, why, how come I can't do that? He said, because he's still with the other world and he's being, you know, what the term now is downloading. So these are basic things that a lot of people don't understand. And, and so these Western medicine practices are just way above something else. All they have to do is come back and listen to some of the the practitioners of the natural birth and also uh, the other thing too that I explained about that there's a juniper tree outside my house right here. The grandmothers taught me you take the, the juniper uh, tree uh, leaves and the berries and they make a pot when the baby is born and they uh, give the mother that warm tea made from that. So I asked my grandmothers how come you you give that to, uh, to uh, you know, the, the mommy. They said, well, later on I found out that it clean, cleans out your, your uterine tract, the afterbirth effects. And then the other thing too that uh, I learned later on was that it also has a birth control uh, element in there or a compound in there. So all Indian kids were usually two or three years apart. In my generation, there was no back-to-back -back babies that were born. So there's a lot of truth to these old practices, which they dumped when Western medicine came about. Just like marijuana. Marijuana is a good medicine. Now we're going back. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, and, I, and from my understanding, a cannabis was gifted to the planet from the star people. Yes, absolutely. And other planets also have similar, uh, similar plants like this that, to help assist with with. I guess, humanity on their planet? Well, the way the Pueblo people use that is to uh, make the connection in a, in a spiritual uh, communication. Because it also, when they ask for rain, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the, you know, the it's a tobacco or a plant that they use to make direct connection. So we used to kid about it. They say, oh, what's that guy doing? I said, oh, he's, he's, he's talking to the spirit people, but he's smoking on his marijuana cigarette, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of things that, 
are so basic. That's why I'm. Uh, that's why I'm doing these things, because there's so many things that are so common. The uh, plants that you can go out there. My grandmothers, my grandfathers, and all my elders used to teach me. You have a stomachache. You go out there to the river riverbed where it's out here in the desert. You just take a, a, a clay ball that was left over from a flood. You just put that and put, you just swallow that. Five minutes later, your stomach ache is gone. That type of remedies that are all over, but no, no, we're too dependent upon, uh, you know, like the uh, the pharmaceutical people, because all we're doing is posing in our bodies with that. I mean, it's a scam, in my opinion. The whole yes. the whole system. <clears throat> Uh, that's so fascinating. Honestly, this is one of the most fascinating uh, interviews. I, I love, I resonate so much with Native American culture and history. I don't know why, since I was a child, and I, I'm absolutely fascinated with it. So to have you on uh, telling us about all this stuff is just amazing to me. Uh, so thanks again. And in sure. another, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you your opinion on, um, giants because from my understanding there were uh giants roaming the earth uh back in history as well and we have evidence but that's also being suppressed as far as skeletons and stuff do you have any information on that well what are the things that uh you know i work with uh people like brad olson we were and others uh i can't remember the crane and some other guy that i helped him uh work with it and of course uh ancient alien bunch but one of the things that we know is uh there's a record of uh giants in all petroglyphs if you go to the petroglyphs anywhere on the planet you will see giants now giants are bigger at least uh maybe anywhere from one uh maybe one to three times bigger than Bigfoot. They'll have Bigfoot right next to, or within that same petroglyph uh, area where Bigfoot is there, but on the other side will be uh, the giants. And we have history of giants. One of the, the theories of the Chaco culture being uh, destroyed, or they just vacated, nobody knows where they went, is where the red-haired giants Mm, which, yeah. which are which are uh, a lot of them are still buried in Nevada, and uh, I know of a lot of people that have told me about. They won't lie to me because you know we're we're all professional people, and they have been doing that. I mean, they they were born and raised there. They know where they were buried, and but they just leave them alone. And yes, there were giants, and and you know even in the in the Bible and other histories, they talk about them. But uh, and even you know, even in the biblical uh, Goliath talks about that. So yes, the American Indians have known about uh, the giant people, along with Bigfoot and other different types of, uh, I guess, bigger people, or or they were half human or what whatever they were. And that's that's a good quick reference to this is the giants, and we have stories about it, legends, and including uh, that's a that's one of the things that they scare you with when 
uh, you don't behave when you're a kid. You know, they call them ogres. Uh, the ogre will get you. And there's a lot of history from other Indian tribes. It's kind of disappeared that they, they talk about, uh, you know, capturing or cornering the giants in caves and smoking them out. Are, are there any tales or uh, stories that were told to you as a child uh, that you could, that, that have always stuck with you, that have always remained, that you would mind sharing with us? Like an old, an old story that would be told to you as a child that, that has just been passed down. Is there anything like that that you still remember? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, one story was about, uh, uh, let's see, what was his Zuni name? Was, uh, but he was like a giant, but he lived outside the rest of the population. And this was probably, way, you know, maybe two, maybe three, four hundred years ago. That was the only one that's left, but he was huge according to the, the stories. But that, I don't remember anything that uh, directly related to any of the giant type people. Maybe when I was a small guy, uh, I didn't know that there were such things as giants. All they said was, well, he was a big person, you know? Yeah. So, so it's pretty hard. That's, that's interesting. Have you heard of, are you familiar with the uh, Cahokia Mounds? Uh, here in, in North America, um, Central, it's East St. Louis, essentially, if it's in Illinois. Well, you know, I used to go to uh, Serpent Mound for a number of years. Yeah, I know and, about Yeah, and, and a lot of those, uh, you know, there's a lot of theories on that. But uh, back in the old days, oh, maybe thousands of years ago, they used to go back and forth. You know, there was a huge population of American Indians. I'm talking about millions. So they had uh, what I understand about the, you know, the, those type of mounds were that they were created uh, also n not by them. Maybe they helped whoever the people were, but uh, I, I don't really have any good information because I, that was not part of my studies. And then the remaining ones are pretty, pretty well shot. You know, like Serpent Mount is still in good shape. And right close to that is the uh, Woodhenge. Yeah, I mean, that's, Woodhenge is actually at Cahokia Mound site. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Oh, that was so nice. Yes. Yeah, that's about 25 minutes away from us. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have time. I didn't have time to read. See, this was in March. Yeah, it was in March. It was cold. Mm. So I really, I just only had so many days that I had to spend there, you know. I was hoping that I would spend at least three or four days just going over there at that site and finding out more information. But the guys that I had were pretty well up to date. I mean, you know, with their information. But I was out there at that site. I took pictures of that uh, from the highway. Nice. Yeah, it's right off the road. Right. Yeah, it's right off the road, yeah. But there, there have been many, many places especially out here in the Southwest that were, a lot of them were destroyed by early uh, colonials, ranchers. And there were, a lot of them were the, uh, the happy hunting groups called the anthropologists and archeologists, you know. 
they, they wanted it for their front yard. So they used to destroy a lot of that stuff. And in my own tribe, uh, and uh, in my own lifetime, I have gone back to a lot of these ancient sites, which we left them alone as kids. They're totally gone, destroyed. Mm -hmm. So so when we had, uh, there's one that I know of, which I've never gotten up there, is a, a Stonehenge on top of a mountain. And the term for that is where they were on, where were, uh, where, when, where they were on the top. Of the mountain, mm -hmm. and that ref that reference, I, I I studied it back to where, that's where the ETs came, and right before a ceremony, uh, that's where they landed, and it's on top of a mountain. And the way that they explained to me, is that it's like a mini Stonehenge. Wow, wow. So are you wow. are you familiar with any like ancient stargates? I guess is what we've what, what they refer to. Yes, uh, Los Alamos is, is the biggest one. Uh, right here, right there in Arizona, is what they call the Katrina uh, Stargate. But I have been criticized because uh, they're all over the world. I mean, you know, this is yeah. But I've never, I've never been to either of either of them places. But I, I, all I do is know about it, just based upon the information uh, that are. Uh, recited in chants, songs, rituals, and, and they, they know exactly, and it's all part of the star system. It's all reference to the star system. Basically, Orion, uh, Pleiades, and others. They're all, they're all uh, connected to the, uh, the star systems, constellations. Yeah, and it just fascinates me, it's just that everything's just common knowledge back then and we're fighting so hard you know getting in arguments with people about it existed or it didn't exist and everything and like you said it's always been here and it's just amazing to hear somebody come forward like you and just like say it like it is and just like get rid eliminate any questions it's like no this is what happened <laughs> well you know this is this, that's one thing that uh i haven't written any book I've been asked to write books, but I don't have time. I'm, I'm retired and I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I thought, I thought it was funny when we were having technical difficulties and I asked you, uh, didn't they teach you how to use the internet and the Hopi teachings? And you said, oh, I went fishing that day. That's amazing. So I know... I know that Native Americans had a connection with animals and as far as eating meat and, and eating food, it was always a, a sacrifice and you would transition the soul. Can you uh, touch on that a little bit? Well, again, uh, we're, we're talking, remember I said that uh, we, we have a lot of respect for raw people, raw people or raw things, everything that is not human, whether it be an insect, an animal, or a ET, or whatever, they are they are all referred to as raw people. The little red ant that walks around in your front yard, he's also a raw people. The big buck that you want to go over there and and, and shoot with your thirty odd six is also a raw people. Yes, we have rituals like like they were provided by the good spirit in 
if you want to be like an Indian, the great spirit provided us, you know. So we take everything that's part of our survival, but they only take uh, what is needed. And then after we kill that uh, certain animal, we have to give blessings to it because we're we're giving, they gave us their meat and their, uh, for the food to, for us to survive. So we bless them as if they were high order uh, people also. You know, we treat them like, uh, we call them the, like in the priesthood or whatever. So we prepare them also to go to the afterlife because it's just a uh, reincarnation. It's a regeneration, rejuvenation of the uh, life forms to keep us in balance. But now we're not. So this this is what uh, all Indian tribes or all Aboriginals have rituals for that. And it's to give us life. Yeah. and And... From my understanding is, you know, things that we've lost sight of really, we've lost sight of that whole practice in, in our modern times here. But I understand that the way I understand it is that these animals came here knowing that they were going to be, uh, that they were going to be a sacrifice. They, yes. they, they knew they were going to be, be food for you, for you guys. So they, this was part of the deal, essentially. And you guys honored it, and they honored it. Yes. Well, you know, this this whole system was set up a long time ago by whoever or whatever that system, whoever put the system in there. Because we're the humans were <laughs> they were they were upgraded many many times, and so this was one of the things that they had to be informed about, and and that's where the protocols come in. How how do you go about doing these things? What ritual do you go through to do to take this animal? You know, if you look at the the uh, stories of the buffalo, they used everything from that that animal: the fur, the skins, the bones, everything. Just same way with what we we used to do when we uh, we go out and kill a deer. And everything was was used. It was not wasted. So we we had a lot of respect for for the uh, the animals that we got our food from. Yes, I I think that's something that we've lost sight of, and it's it's that that information in particular uh, needs to be uh, shared because people a diet is a huge thing right now. We're like you said, we're eating poison for the most part every day. And if, if people can go back to those practices, it can really benefit us. And they can, you know, there's a reason, you know, you can go outside and see a UFO and someone else can't. Uh, yeah. Because you have that respect and you're existing in that oneness when, when everyone around you might be programmed otherwise. And it might not even be their fault. It's just something that we need to start uh, being aware of. Well, this is, this is where the awakening comes in. I address a lot of uh, groups of people, whether in a conference or whatever, and I ask the question, I said, what are you guys afraid of? I mean, you know, they have been, like we were talking about, since the day you were born, you're pounded into things that are, that are not true, and you're, you're told, you're actually a prisoner when you come to this planet, right? whether it's, the, it's either your parents' background, 
either the school system, the government, whatever, you know, they're, you're a prisoner. They don't let make kids have fun anymore. You know, when they, when they go out and they roll around in the dirt, they pick them up and they put them in a sterile situation. How, how can they resist other viruses when, when they're so, when they're not treated like that? It's the same way with anything else. I mean, people are not taught to think for themselves. We have mm -hmm. to force it into them. And this is one of the, the, the whole rebellion I took when I was a little kid. The government forced us to make make us do things, and I told them not only no, but hell no. And so uh, this is why I was called a radical when I was a little kid. I didn't believe in any of the stuff. They tried to make me a Catholic. They tried to make me a Mormon. They tried to make me a Protestant. And uh, I absolutely refused. I told him, I said, we have our own God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you for standing up uh and having the insight to know better because you know a lot of people don't question we're we're taught not to question authority so uh you know people just kind of go with the flow i guess you could say and what seems to be what they push as normal well why you know that's so why you're gonna be like that why waste your time in going and sitting in the classroom. Why waste your time in going to try to be something? You might as well just be like uh, anybody else. And because once you go to state, first of all, they don't teach you anything nowadays. And if more people would stand up and say, this is not right, and stand up for what they believe, this would be a better planet. This would be a, there'd be a better communication. And, and this is where a lot of people think that I'm just a, oh, you're just not making any sense. I said, no, I mean, that's what education is all about. See, a lot of people in this, in this nation is, or, or the planet for, for that matter, are not educated. The education comes from within you and in, from your heart. It doesn't come from sitting in a, in a classroom or sitting in church or, uh, getting on the internet, uh, or we used to be National Enquirer, now it's the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. so you don't learn anything. You got to go out there and, and learn how to uh, survive out there. This is where a lot of us that have been through this journey are not afraid to sit uh, sit back and be slapped around because it's a better world out there being your own person. Wow. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yes, that, that's amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah, you are quite literally filled with wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and uh, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview. I know we had some difficulties getting together, and thank no you, for, thank you for putting up with everything. I guess, is there anything that you want to uh, tell us before we wrap up? Are you speaking on any conferences this year coming up? Do you have any plans for 2020? Well, I, I've got one that uh, is coming up in the first weekend in April. It's called the Human Origins Conference. Hmm. It's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I think it's a four-day thing. And uh, they have people like myself, Brad Olson, uh, Travis Walton. And uh, and the uh, people that talk to the the uh, aliens on Sandia Mountain, 
Sue Walker, and 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 Tom, a white otter, and uh, you know a lot of people. Uh, you start start paying attention to a lot of the aliens that have been here forever, and that's uh, they call it the Ponte. They call themselves. I think it's four or five. We're in them. I told them like many years ago. I said, "Oh, there's aliens up on the mountain. The natives have known about it for thousands of years." Within about a year, they had they had contact with those. So uh, that should be a good session. Yeah, that's and that's in April in Albuquerque. That's amazing. Uh, yes, I love, and it doesn't sound like there's a huge ticket. Like a lot of people, which I like. I, I you know, the, the smaller groups are more intimate. I think uh, so. It definitely sounds exciting. Well, you know, on, on this meetings, even though uh, I go to a lot of them, even though I'm not invited as a speaker, but I go over there. And I, I sit in the corner somewhere. And, People come around because I'm, I'm I'm a messenger. That's beautiful. Yeah, man, I could listen to you talk all night. <laughs> I, I literally could. Aaron, you need to um, say something <laughs> just because uh, you've been quiet over there. And, yeah, uh, I, there was. <laughs> I never felt like there was a good place to to really butt in. Sure, but uh, you guys both. I mean, Clifford mainly is you're you know, get so much good information. Um, no, I mean, just, uh, you know, the only thing I want to say is I love, I lo thank you so much, first of all, for coming on the show and, and sharing all this amazing information with us and, and sharing your wisdom. Um, because, you know, it's, it's like the, the natives and the, and the, these original people that were, you guys have been on the planet for a long time, you know, and, you have your, you know, stories and your information passed down through generations to your own people that talk about the true history of the planet and these and the star people, like you, you say, like which we want to we call aliens. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like to me, that's if you want to talk about proof, you know, that's the proof right there that we're not alone in the universe. It's like you know, you have all these cultures around the planet that have been around for a long long time talking about beings coming here you know that like they're your ancestors and they came down and that's where you guys came from you know and and uh along with everything else you have all the knowledge and wisdom to go along with it that has been preserved to a certain degree you know through the ages and it's not it, it hasn't been until really recently in relative terms that we have all this uh so-called like <laughs> You know, we think we're like in the enlightened ones now, like with the modern mainstream information, and it's not at all. Like you said, it's like the real stuff has been around a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, thank you so much for sharing this information and, and getting out there and and helping wake people up to all this stuff because it's it's very important. So, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with that. Uh, it's a great point, Aaron, as far as, you know, there's your proof right there. You know, yeah. People argue what proof is and what is evidence, but uh, it, it all comes from within, like you said. And uh, and yes. if you're on the right path, you'll discover that on your own. Uh, no one needs to tell you anything because you'll just know. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and oh yeah. Also, we have t-shirts available now. 
Uh, we'll put the link below, uh, teespring.com. We have two designs available that Aaron created. Uh, they're awesome. So if you feel compelled to buy a t-shirt, please do. Uh, the Omnia patch that you put on your phone to uh, block the radiation, it works. It literally stopped my chronic headaches that I didn't know how to cure. Uh, I had headaches every day. I would, it turned into migraines. I, I had to resort to Western medicine, as you would say, just to, uh, just to you know, help. And it, when I put this patch on all my devices, my headaches went away. So it really works. And I highly recommend, I, I highly recommend putting, this, uh, putting these on your devices because uh, we're being poisoned otherwise. Even, even if it's not food, it's, it's from the radiation. And God knows yeah. what else. So I just wanted to put that in there. Uh, and um, make sure you uh, consider subscribing if you enjoyed this or you enjoy what we're doing, if you want to show your support. Uh, we have posters on the way and uh, man, everything else. It's a big year. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, Clifford. This has been absolutely incredible. I can't wait to get this out and everybody needs to hear this. Uh, and everybody who hasn't heard of you, uh, I'm excited for them to get a glimpse of what you're all about so uh, with that I guess we'll end it good night everybody and thanks for listening good night good night good night <laughs>